This is a National Arts Center podcast. Welcome to this episode of the National Arts Center NACOcast series. My name is Sean Rice and I play clarinet with the National Arts Center Orchestra. Today we are in the Hexagon Room at the National Arts Center to talk with violinist Blake Pouliot about his career and upcoming performance with the NEC Orchestra. Welcome and thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me. So your career has been shooting up really quickly lately. You've got a new album out. You did the Manulife competition, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So let's start from the very beginning. Where are you from? Okay. Uh, oh, thank God we have a lot of time. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> uh, so born and raised in Toronto, uh, mm. uptown Toronto, uh, born same house. I mean, I lived, my parents still live there to this nice. day. Uh, yeah, I, I loved Toronto. It was a great place to grow up. It was an incredible city, super accessible. So one of the few cities you can actually take public transit everywhere. Mm. And when you're, you know, in your, in your teenage years and it's okay. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I, uh, did the regular audition route for, uh, for college and I, I auditioned at a bunch of places, but I actually ended up finding my sanctuary in Los Angeles and I went to the Colburn school and I went there for six years Mm -hmm. and I just graduated in May. Congratulations. Thank you. Very happy. And now I am attempting to be an adult and, (laughs) and attempting to be an adult. Yes. and, (laughs) And live my, uh. And live my life in, you know, in this point when, you know, you finish school and I'm very fortunate that, you know, I have a little bit of stability now and mm. things have been going, you know, so crazy and rapid for the past few years. Mm. And now I'm just kind of on the road constantly and Great. yeah, putting my dog through college. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, but, but you started violin in Toronto, obviously. Did you go mm-hmm. through the conservatory system there? Oh yeah, yeah totally. Okay, great. Totally. Part of the Young Artist uh, Performance Academy, which yep. is what it was called in those mm-hmm. days. Now it's called the Taylor Academy. Okay. Um, and I was there from the time I was 11 until I was 18. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So very oh, yeah. formative for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Totally did everything. Studied with Marie Berard, who's concertmaster of yep. Canadian Opera Company, course, and Erica yeah. Rahm from the Arc Ensemble. And uh, I was mentored by Barry Schiffman, um, nice. you know, yeah. there. I was totally... Totally involved over there. Great, and great, loved great it. people. Oh, they're they're still to this day super yeah. supportive, and I I owe a lot to them. Fantastic. They're amazing to me. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you've been to Ottawa a few times now, mm-hmm. and and you seem to be regularly popping in. And you've done. Um, we were talking before we started recording this podcast, but you've done performance of the OSO at the NAC, at the NAC here as well, right? Mm-hmm. You got and it. you also participated in the Young Artist Program. Yes, which is one of our I flagship did. education. That's right. Programs in the summertime. So yes. Did you? You came to obviously get some lessons with Zuckerman, I assume. Yeah, played for him a bit. Well, so I was actually in the junior program because I was oh, only okay. fourteen. Okay. So um, we didn't. It was actually mentored by Elaine Klamasco at that point. <laughs> yeah. Who's a member and, of our orchestra? Yes, yeah. and she was, you know, just uh, amazing. I totally just loved her that summer. I was so she was just so nurturing and and so supportive. And you know, Yap was actually it was a pinnacle point of my life actually mm. because. It was the time when I actually realized and thought that I could be a violinist nice. because, you know, I was kind of at that point when I was 14, I kind of quit violin for a little bit and I didn't really practice. I didn't do any competitions. I kind of stopped doing the whole 
um, musician route. And even at the conservatory, I kind of took a step back and stopped Mm. being as involved with everything that was happening. Um, But when I came to Yap, it was the first time that I went to, it was the first time I actually went to a music camp that was, uh, you know, away from Toronto Mm -hmm. for longer than like five days or something like that. And not with my parents. I was totally alone, um, totally independent. And all of the other students I was involved with, who some of whom I still talk to to Mm -hmm. this day, everyone there was super dedicated and disciplined and people really worked hard. Mm -hmm. And I was just so inspired by everyone who was there. And then Elaine was so supportive and I got to play for Zuckerman twice. Probably wouldn't even remember because I was just this (laughs) kid with a Justin Bieber haircut. (laughs) But I remember he basically told me, I mean, he was like, you've got a lot of potential, but you have a lot of work to do. And even that resonated with me. It totally stuck in my head. And after that summer, I remember I went back to, I would have been in 10th grade Mm. at high school and um, I was in a regular high school and I told my parents after about three weeks, I said, you know what? I actually think I want to switch to this other high school program that they had already offered me a spot. Mm. It was only from 8.30 to 11.30. No, actually for athletes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it was only from 8.30 to 11.30 a.m. And Mm. basically, because it was mostly athletes, they would do training in the afternoon. Mm. And then I would go at like 12.30 to Mm. the conservatory and I would practice all day. train on the violin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. So literally YAP was the reason and the incentive for me to switch to that high school to That's work harder, to actually pursue a career in music. Oh, what a good story. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. You, you, you talked about how it's the colleagues and the, and the friendships you made mm-hmm. the, uh, with other peers during that time. And it is there's something to be said for that when you step outside of your, your little comfortable box and you go play for other people. It's not just the oh, teachers yeah. that really oh, influence no. you. It's the, it's the other people that are studying. You see their habits, how they how they prepare their routines. And it's yeah. that can often be sometimes more inspiring, I find. Than, um, I totally agree. Going, like, oh, yeah. all respect to all the teachers. But like, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, it's well, it's the same thing as like being, you know, it's the same thing as independent learning versus group learning. Mm-hmm. And you find so much merit in both practices. Yeah. And I think everyone should have access to both of those things, which is kind of like why I feel like institutions and schools exist in the first place. Is yeah. that people, <laughs> people understand that, you know, you learn from your peers sometimes more than you learn from mm-hmm. just an individual. And exactly. I mean, totally about that. And when you're young and you're the most impressionable, mm-hmm. absolutely that happens. Yeah. And for me, I was lucky that it happened here. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Exactly. So then you went to LA. Colburn to LA, yes. Who'd you study with there? Robert Lipset, who's nice. still my teacher to this day. Cool. Yep. I uh you never too old to learn. Of course. And uh so even though I've finished school, you know, he's incredibly generous and he was more than just a teacher, he was like really a mentor, a career mentor. And um, you know, not only did I get practice training from him, I was also part of a program at Colburn, which is totally unique and original and called the Colburn Artist Program. Okay. And uh, Colburn actually brought in an experienced uh, artist manager and management team. Wow. And what they do is over the course of your years at Colburn, um, it has to be a unanimous vote, every unanimous vote, sorry. Mm-hmm. Every single um, faculty member has to agree um, that you, you know, are probably at, at a time when they feel like your either solo or chamber career is really getting ready to launch. Right. And especially as a non-American, um, this Hard. gave me a platform mm-hmm. to then kind of start to cultivate some connections and build up mm-hmm. some buzz. Um, and I mean, they just completely nurtured me into uh, professional phenomenal. management and launching program. Oh yeah. So important for and, universities and conservatories to be doing that these days. Yes, exactly. And Colburn's yeah. like the first and only institution that's really kind of thought of that. That's and their great. success rate is becoming just, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no comparison. I mean, yeah. it's really, 
I'm so happy that I was part of that program. My first manager, Laura Leapins, cultivated it with Sel Carden, who's the president. And then, um, did I just kick you? It's okay. I'm yeah. so sorry. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then my teacher, Robert Lipset, is also a very mm-hmm. valuable point. And they all kind of work together to help your career and to help you out. And that was like really what kind of pushed cool. me into stuff in the States and stuff. And yeah, Great. It's, yeah, because it's, like, it's hard as a Canadian living in the States because I went through that where like, you get a gig offer, but you have to get approved by the Department of Homeland Security before yeah, exactly. you can accept it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And, yeah. and, you know, also, I mean, the thing about Colburn, which I'm sure you experienced by going to study in New mm. York, is that, you know, pretty much, um, I mean, the whole student faculty, I mean, student faculty, the student body at yeah. Colburn is basically 120 people. Yeah. And that spans Very over small. a four-year undergrad and a two-year master's and two other d- different degree programs. Mm-hmm. So to have that few people, every single person who goes there is a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, you, especially in the violin world, which, you know, is extremely, everyone goes in there wanting to be a soloist and, you know, you're kind of, you know, brought back to your senses and you're brought back down when you go there and you understand that, you know, you have to start at the bottom and work your way up. And for me, that was, I was, you know, one of those people who actually really thrived in that. And I really liked being at the bottom because it pushed me to work that much harder. And especially not being an American, you know, there are some kids who, who go there who, you know, they, they go into into the school and because of where they're from, you know, like let's say someone's from Salt Lake City, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they've played with Salt Lake City a few times and then they've played with, you know, another symphony in Utah. And then mm-hmm. because of that, they've gone somewhere else. But I go there and of course I had played with like Toronto and I've done some mm-hmm. other stuff. But, you know, to them, they're just kind of like, what? Like you're from North you're from America, Canada? North USA, <laughs> you know, exactly. And so, so for me, it was really, really helpful to have these people on my side who really believed in me. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, it, it's a it's a relationship because, you know, what you put in, they put in. But that was like a really major reason why I am where I am. And I've been it's able amazing. to. It's amazing. What I'm an amazing so grateful. Idea too, the, the, I'm glad to hear of a, a big school promoting that kind of. Oh, yeah trajectory for their students yeah exactly it is it's a great idea and it's been extremely successful and i'm happy to be just one of the few success stories (laughs) so let's talk about that success now you you performed at the menu life competition can we talk about that sure huge competition that is a great honor and oh yes grand prize winner i was i was very fortunate about that it was like one of the most nerve-wracking weeks of my life (laughs) i was so (laughs) terrified so yeah i mean i mean you know especially as also being a canadian i mean the Manulife competition is kind of what we know about growing up mm-hmm. our entire lives. Yeah. I mean, we we just know about the Manuv competition. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, of course, back when you were younger and me too, even it was standard life. Yeah. And then it changed yeah. to Manulife. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for us, I mean, that's just the, it's one of the few competitions that, you know, actually offers prizes that are there in writing. You know, yeah. a lot of competitions will say we offer career guidance and management or we offer concerts and and, and you know and future without actually spelling out what it's going to be yeah, absolutely it's, a great prize it's amazing yeah. and so it offers all these other other all these other opportunities mm. you know like you get to re- uh, record with cbc yep. you get to play with montreal symphony mine and of course they change a little bit every year but mine also offered a tour of northwest territories mm. it also offered a a concert with newfoundland symphony right. so there's these things that you know and of course they change some years sometimes they'll be like oh there's a recital at the Banff center and then you know mm-hmm. sometimes they'll be like oh here's a recital at orford instead mm-hmm. so it, it's constantly changing because of that too well it's you know it's interesting i sorry to interrupt for a no, second absolutely. But it's, uh, Go for it. i find it fascinating that this competition is so good at helping career launching yes like, because yeah. prize money is great and it's and it's helpful especially when you're a student but yeah but what's really really money in the bank is having things on your cv and resume yeah. that you can just Throw, throw out to to presenters exactly yeah and and uh, accumulating that exposure yeah. is what 
kind of builds up buzz mm-hmm. and lets people know about you. Yeah. And so, yeah, for me, I mean, that was why I loved it and why mm-hmm. I was so, why I wanted to audition in the first place is because mm-hmm. I said, you know, this isn't just like money, which would really help pay off my credit card at that <laughs> point being, you know, a, like a third or fourth year yeah. college student. But also because I was like, you know, this is something that I'm really going to be able to take with me. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I went um, to the competition and I was, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's really, really nerve wracking, especially because, um, you know, the year before that I was the, I was fortunate to be the first laureate of the instrument band competition. Mm-hmm. And after leaving Canada for a couple of years, I mean, I didn't exactly leave, but you know, I, I also won the Michael measures prize from yes. the Canada council mm-hmm. and I sold it with NYO Canada cool. over that summer. And that kind of, I think that was my first kind of antennas up when mm. people saw that I was really fortunate. A couple of years later, I come back, I was able to get first laureate of the instrument bank, more antennas up. And then I came back for uh, menu V competition. Mm-hmm. And I mean, without, you know, without people actually being blunt and saying something, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on me. I felt like, because people were just kind of in a way, assuming that I would do well because right. they had been, been following me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I, of course, felt that pressure and I was like, you know, like panicking yeah. all that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in fact, now I can say this because it's it's been so long and, you know, please, I mean, I'm, it's fine. It's a funny, it's a funny story now. Okay. But after the semifinal round of the Many V competition, I was devastated with how I played. Mm. I was extremely upset i was like you know what i blew it i did not do well mm-hmm. and so i went to <laughs> god i went to a bar and i had like three gin and tonics and ch- <laughs> chugged like two beers because i was like that's it it's over it's out. i'm, out. I'm yeah. done <laughs> and I, I was like i'm tapped out like i did my best and i can't do anything so of course they require that everyone go back for the announcement of the finals. Mm-hmm. And so I go there and I'm like, you know, kind of tipsy and depressed and I sit there and then they announce the finalists and they did it alphabetically. And I was the last one because of my last name. Mm-hmm. They're like, Blake Pouliot is the last finalist. And of course I'm like, crap. And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I go up to the manager at the time and she was like, okay, so just so you guys know your dress rehearsal at um, Maison Symphonique is tonight and Blake because you're last you're going to be the final on the program your um, your dress rehearsal is at like 9.30pm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I went up to her and I was like I'm I'm kind of drunk <laughs> and she was just like well have some coffee because yeah. you yeah. have to go tonight oh my goodness and I was like okay uh, no <laughs> problem so I went to the um, it's called Piccolo I went to mm-hmm. Piccolo Espresso Bar I chugged some espresso got it out of my system chugged some water went and did my dress rehearsal of the Corn Gold Concerto. And of course, then the next day, woke up, did the competition. Mm-hmm. Again, thought that I had bombed. I was like, I can't believe I did this. This time you didn't go to the bar. I did not Good go to you. the bar this time. <laughs> because, mostly because I just didn't want to do that again yeah. because it was terrible. Yeah. But also because I did want to be respectful. And I was like, you know, I have to go back there in a few hours and the whole ceremony is a long time and we all have to be there and I want to support the winners, whatever. Anyway, it ended up going very much in my favor, and yeah. I ended up. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it was. I mean, the whole experience was amazing. Everyone's been so supportive. I've really cultivated a relationship with the Montreal Symphony now. Yeah. I'm going actually back to play with them in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'll great. be playing Sibelius Concerto oh. uh, with them November eighth and eleventh. Cool. Um, so they've been incredibly supportive. I mean, that was really that was probably the giant catapult mm-hmm. for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that competition, you know. 
being able to use that platform and working with my kind of career development and management in Colburn, we used those two wins together. That really is what created the biggest buzz. And of course, then after that, not only did the concerts from Manu V come into place, but mm -hmm. other concerts came of because of that. So then, you know, the next thing I know, I was playing with Toronto Symphony and I had also, um, I was, uh, Bromwell Tovey heard me play. So he invited me at Vancouver. He's not right. there anymore. But, mm -hmm. you know, it just kept spiraling and spiraling mm -hmm. and spiraling. And then, of course, I came here uh, last April mm -hmm. and I worked with Alain Trudel, who's an incredibly dear friend. And uh, here I am now then. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> and this week, uh, so before we get to this week, though, yeah. I'd, I'd like to talk about your CD, your new album. Yes, that's right. We should, we should totally plug that. that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Available on iTunes. There we go. No. Um, and Electa, right? And I like great. Okay, it. let's let's talk about that. What's what's yeah. on the album? So the album is. I all, hear you love French music. I do love French yeah. music, <laughs> and of course, it works in marketing. I love French music, and yeah. it just it so happens that I recorded French music. Great. No, I uh, I um, definitely love French music, impressionist in particular. Mm -hmm. um, just in, you know, impressionist and actually in surrealist art. Exactly that whole time period yeah. starts to. It's amazing. Totally mm -hmm. into it. Salvador Dali, um, Rene Magritte. Totally down. Um, but yeah, so I was approached by Analecta after the Menu V competition. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Mario was there and he is the president of the company and mm -hmm. he came to hear me and he was like, you know, we'd love to work with you. That's a big deal, by the way. Yeah. To I, have a record label actually approach you in this day and age is unheard of. That doesn't happen oh, anymore. Oh, good. Thank no, you. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> seriously. Glad. Like usually oh. we, I mean, we have to like create and self-produce and then try to shop it to a label. Yeah, exactly. But it's nice that he came up to you and said, yes, hey, yes. they want to record? Yeah, they literally, they were basically just like, hey, like we heard your live performance. We would really like to work together. And of course mm. they, they talked to me um, after the competition and then I met with them again when I came to actually perform with Montreal Symphony. And of course okay. that, um, I was, there was a really successful performance. I was really lucky. The reviews were like really good and that right. just kind of validated it even more for them. Mm -hmm. So then they asked me, you know, what do you want to play? What do you want to, uh, what do you want to do? And um, I was like, you know, I'd love to do some French music because right. I, it just, you know, I mean, we all have our personal preferences. Mm -hmm. There's always things that we like. And for me, French music was definitely something that I just totally cling to ever since I was, I don't know, 10 or whatever. Right. Um, and I just, loved it so i said you know what hey why don't we do these it's short and it's quick it's only like a 48 minute cd right but i was i also said you know first cd i mean for, for those of you who haven't recorded it's really stressful <laughs> yeah. and very hard <laughs> and um with your first recording too and that's an understatement actually yeah it is it's, it's actually that hard. and it's, it's really stressful. really hard yeah. and it's even harder to listen to yourself yeah totally over and over <laughs> And so, I, I mean, it's just, I oh my God. And so that was another thing I wanted to do. I said, you know what? I want to do something that represents me, that I know that my my pianist and I can do a role. Because, you know, that's a huge part of it of as course, well, is how you collaborate with them. Yeah, and with she's absolutely yeah. amazing. I totally adore her. She's, you know, I would say like 70% of the reason why it sounds good. She's right. just outstanding pianist. Shinny Huang is her name. Um, and we actually worked together and created this whole sound and we create and, and that we wanted to do. Mm. Um, and she also loves French music. And for us, we said, you know what, we do it short and sweet, um, make sure that we can do the best that we can and present ourselves in a way that we know represents mm. us well. And that was what we ended up doing. So Great. ended up doing all this stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about what's on the album. You have sure. some Ravel. Ravel yeah. and Debussy. Yep. Okay. Yes. Which so pieces? it's, um, so it's both the sonatas by both the, the violin mm -hmm. sonatas by both the composers. Uh, so we have violin sonata um, in G major for by Debussy, mm -hmm. and then the kind of 
just violin sonata by yeah, Ravel. Yeah, yeah. And then um, one piece by each of them on top of that. So I have Tsigan uh, by Ravel. Yeah. Yes, which is, you know, just, <laughs> just a wild That's ride. A great piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, I and then I end the disc with Bossoir by uh, okay. Debussy. So something nice. really sweet and simple. Um, and it's funny, too, because, you know, some people asked, they were like, so how do you feel about the Tsigan? Because it's with, you know, violin and orchestra. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, light bulb, um, actually originally written for violin and piano really mm-hmm. i did not know that yeah that's the original arrangement so that's why i was like i would so, love to do this Ravel orchestrated it then, uh-huh. obviously, he right? orchestrated okay. it for the, the orchestra the colors he gets from the yep. orchestration is well, well he also <laughs> did an arrangement for like this type of harp it's this instrument that yep. like just totally bailed i mean just totally pieced out was no it the chromatic harp no it's okay. like another word that oh, okay. i should know okay. but don't all right um, but yeah, he did an arrangement for that as well. So, but the original one is for violin and piano, which is yeah. also why the piano arrangement is so elaborate and so well done mm. because he originally wrote it for that. So interesting. Yeah. Cool. Kind of rad. Cool. Yeah. Learn something. Oh, yeah. Great. Right. And so now you're playing with us on the gala this week. Yes. Um, what are you playing? I'm playing Zagunner Weissen by Pablo de Sarasate. And what's this, what's this piece mean to you? Is this a piece you've performed often? Sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, Yeah. right? Uh, No, it is not something I've performed often. I actually, um, when it was mentioned and kind of brought up, I I learned it specifically for this concert. Um, You know, I described in an interview actually last week, they asked me, like, what is this piece? And like, Mm -hmm. I said, I can't believe you used this, but I I might as well tell it again because it's (laughs) documented forever. But um, I said, I was like, I was like, Zygmunt Weissen in the violin world is like Bohemian Rhapsody, my queen in oh, the popular world. I have Ex- no problem with that analogy. Except, <laughs> except that Bohemian Rhapsody, I said, is met with like just tons of excitement. And it, it like, I, I think I described it as emphatic uh, nostalgia. Okay. Whereas for us, it's met with just like a lot of frustration because this is this piece <laughs> that like every eight-year-old wants to play mm-hmm. as a violinist because it's extremely, like when you actually think about the piece, it's really virtuosic. Mm-hmm. It's super enjoyable, very accessible. I think any person who hears it for the first time who's not a, like a classical musician loves it. Whoa. They're just like, whoa, that whoa. piece was yeah. so crazy and cool, yeah. so fun. But of course, you know, every five-year-old and their mother wants to play this piece. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a lot of kids dabble with it. It's super played often, mm-hmm. like when you're kids, I mean. And of course, because of that, now, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're like, I want to, you know, play stuff by like, y- y- I don't know, like Sariaho, and you start to actually. Oh, one of my favorite me composers. Too. Absolutely, me too. Oh. So, like, when you want to dabble <laughs> in, you know, more sophisticated yeah. things, uh, you, I mean, we kind of, a lot of people roll their eyes. And so at first I was like, okay, I can learn this piece, mm-hmm. no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I learned that it's actually really hard, which uh, which makes it worse. Yeah. But it's actually really beautiful. It's totally a blast to perform. And I'm more excited to play it because this is the perfect like place to have it happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, you guys are so fantastic. It's going to be really fun to play with orchestra. Yeah. Um, and people are just going to love it. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I'm sure hopefully they will. My is a great night. It's a great vibe. Yeah, it's a great right? energy. You're on the same program with Diana Ross. Yeah. That's, I mean, come on. That's, that's enough already. I know. I'm just, I have her warm up for the night. That's cool. So I'm that's very totally cool. down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So you mentioned you're playing in Montreal soon in, mm-hmm. a, in a couple a couple of months. Couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what other projects are coming up in the near future so people can keep an eye out for you? Uh, so I play with. Well, I mean, right after this, I go to Arizona to play recital. 
Um, and then I go, I play, I have some other stuff, but some big ones I have, I play with Montreal Symphony in a couple weeks. And then in the new year, I'll be, I, uh, I'll be playing with Milwaukee. And then I go straight from Milwaukee. I go to play with Alain Trudel again. Nice. We're working together at his new orchestra in, in Toledo. Toledo. Okay. You got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I'll be playing with Detroit. Uh, I'll be playing with Seattle. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. It's so great to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I wish we could like have another podcast talking about the Finnish composers. Um, They're all oh, my favorites. I know. That would be really cool. Magnus well, Lindbergh I, and Sariaho. I know. And I'm, oh. pl- and I'm playing Sibelius in a couple weeks with uh, Montreal. So Fantastic. It would well, definitely be a nice segue. Well, good luck with that. Thank you thanks so much, man. Thank you. This has been a National Arts Center podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.